This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, I am so excited today to welcome Therese Autumnblad to the podcast. Therese has a background in sales and has worked in the home and gift industry for over 12 years, selling to both independent retailers and nationals on the high street. She's passionate about the retail industry and helping product-based business owners make more sales, increase their profits and develop a strategy for growing their businesses with confidence. I'm really excited to have Therese on the show to talk about um, how to you know, start get started with wholesale, whatever the size of your business is. Um, I know Therese identifies as an introvert, which I can definitely relate to. Um, she knows so much on this subject. She's a fantastic um, guest. I'm really excited that I was able to have her on here. Um, and Therese also hosts a fantastic podcast, which is called Let's Talk Shop, which I will link to in the show notes, because if you want to find out more about wholesale and more about selling into retailers, that's definitely a show worth listening to so I'm now going to introduce you to Therese. Hi I am so excited to have Therese Autumnblad on the podcast today. So Therese has a background in sales and has worked in the home and gift industry for over 12 years selling to both independent retailers and nationals on the high street. She's passionate about the retail industry and helping product-based businesses. So hi Therese thank you so much for being here. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. No problem. So I'm just going to share with everyone how I came about you and how you came to be here, because I always think it's a nice story when there is a story. So Mm. I first heard you talking in the All By Mama Network, which I'm a member of, at some point last year. I couldn't tell you when. Feels like autumn, but um, who knows? 2020 just seems like one rolling month really and um on the back of that I started listening to your podcast which we'll talk about a bit later and and so I invited you here so thank you for accepting the invitation would you mind um starting off by telling everyone about yourself your background and what it is that you help people with please yeah of course well thank you for having me first of all it's always nice to be on the opposite end of like the podcast <laughs> doesn't happen that often. I, I quite enjoy it. Um, so uh, my business is called Small Business Collaborative, and I help business owners, founders, product-based businesses um, start and grow their wholesale. So it's pretty niche, but um, it, everything that feeds into that, you know, your sales in general and sales mindset your profitability and your margins and um, anything that comes with running a business and the sales business of that a lot of systems and that sort of thing 
and um, I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. Feels like it's gone so quickly. <laughs> but yeah, I came from a background in sales. I spent over a decade in sales in the home and gift industry. So I sold everything from novelty toys, like animal-shaped crayons, to cupcake lip balms and like high-end home fragrance, um, stationery, books tabletops of mugs and things so lots and lots of different things and always to that kind of home and gift retailer so that would be anything from pretty much anyone on the high street and um, all the department stores and a lot of fashion chains as well so because we all know they don't just sell clothes so a lot of my customers have been you know the ASOS and um, I don't know, French Connection or Urban Outfitters <laughs> and uh, of course a lot of lovely independent boutiques and shops as well those are my favorite <laughs> because you know who doesn't love a good indie um, and then I started my business because I kept going to trade shows and exhibiting and speaking to my retailers and buyers and and they kind of said well, I can't really buy from them because I would get really excited about the really small brands and and they would say things like, oh, they don't really have their margins right yet or, you know, they didn't really have the confidence to buy from those small businesses. So I thought it would be really lovely to be able to help them. So that's what I'm doing now. That is really lovely. And thank you for that introduction. So I'm going to start with what will seem like a very, very basic question, but I do like to keep it very, very simple. So for someone who um, perhaps doesn't know, um, how would you describe wholesale? What is wholesale? So to me, that is selling a larger volume at a lower price, mostly to someone that will be reselling it to the end consumer. But it could also be to, you know, a hotel if you do nice smelly soaps. It could be for their hotel rooms too. That could also be a form of wholesale, but generally it's selling a higher volume than normal. Perfect. And so that could be to a shop, it could be to a distributor, just, you know, selling your products in bulk. Okay. Yeah. But when we say bulk, I think bulk is such a or high volume, can be so misleading. You're thinking like thousands of pieces, but it doesn't have to be that. It could equally be intense. Okay, well, that's interesting to know as well. And I guess, yeah, if you were selling into smaller independent shops, they might not be wanting hundreds of orders. Well, that's mm. good because I guess that makes it a bit more accessible as well, potentially. Yeah, I think that a lot of people think that wholesale is this massive beast that you have to go all in and how can you make it work? But it could be that you make everything, you always want to hand make everything, but you'd like someone else to help you, you know, sell so you you want to have a few brick and mortar stores and maybe you only ever want five that is still wholesale that's really interesting I've never thought of that and I'm thinking that listeners probably haven't as well so if you were hand making products for example and you had 10 stores and and you were sending them I don't know 10 products at a time that still class counts as wholesale yeah you obviously have to make sure that it works for you and your margins and time and stuff like that but, you know, 
I think that it's a little bit of a misconception that wholesale has to be super big, selling to lots of people. It could be a bit more uh, dipping your toes in and it could be the way you want to do your business all the time. Yeah, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. So your business model could be to send stock into just small independent resellers, for example. And that could be a wholesale model. Yeah, absolutely. You don't you don't need to have loads in it's all about your goals. What yeah. you want out of it, I think. Yeah, that is really interesting because I think when people think of wholesale, myself included, I'd always thought about sort of high street retailers, big online marketplaces, um, that kind of thing. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. So um tell us why might someone consider wholesale as a way to grow their products business? So I think the most important thing is obviously the sales aspect, if you want to get your volumes up. But I think the paid, it, it is, in the beginning, I think it's a lot of it being paid for marketing. You know, you get more eyes on your brand of your products, so it can help you get a bigger reach. It can also help you get your margins up on your retail side, because if you can just put a little bit of volume behind your supplies with your suppliers, you might be able to access much better pricing. So, you know, if you can buy 100 tea towels instead of 50, then maybe your prices will be a bit more manageable. So you would get a bit more margin on your actual direct sales. So that's another reason why I think it's really good. And of course, the feedback, you know, if you deal with lots of small independent retailers or even just a handful, they have so much experience and you can get feedback. And I think that is invaluable. And I think that in itself, even if you're really brand new and you're just launching your brand, is a reason to wholesale from the beginning. You know, that you get more eyes on your brand, more visibility, plus that you can get to speak to these retailers that have many years of experience and knows what sells yeah that all sounds fantastic and I think as well there are some products possibly as well that sell better in person as well Mm -hmm. that kind of just look better on a shelf than they do in a picture I've seen products like that where online you know it doesn't do them any justice and you see them in person and you can touch them and feel them and it's a really different experience absolutely I think that things like you know, soaps are quite trendy now, candles, all those things. I much prefer when I can buy them in person. Of course, now, I mean, I end up buying a lot because I find <laughs> lots of companies online, but that's just the bit of a the nature of what we do, I suppose. But, you know, normally those are the sort of things I would much prefer to buy in person or even something that has texture to it. Like even as simple as a greeting card, actually I'm one of those people that would rather buy it in person because, I mean, paper paper is not just paper. It's like all different and the finishes are all different. So I, I'm sure a lot of us are like that. Yeah, I think so. Um, as you say, at the moment, things are obviously very different, but hopefully later this year, things will start to to improve in that sense. Um, yeah. So if someone is interested in wholesale, what's how and how would you get started? What are some first steps you can take or even things to think about, perhaps? 
So I think the absolute first thing is to get clear on your pricing because you don't want to do a lot of work and it not working for you. So you need to really get to know your numbers. And I think this will help you in every aspect of your business. So it's not just for your wholesale, but to make sure that you are clear on your prices. And I think that it's really important in the beginning when you set those prices, especially your retail prices and your wholesale prices will be based on that, is that you are clear on the margins and also where you want to take the business. So if you already know that you want to grow a big business and you want to go over the VAT threshold, even though that might feel foreign to you now, then I think it's good to take that into account from the beginning. It's better that you make more money in the beginning or more margin uh, than losing 20% of your business when you VAT register. So I think pricing is number one. Number two, I guess it kind of goes in hand in hand. You can flip them around too. But if you do want to sell to shops, then I think you need to make sure that your products are retail ready. So, of course, it's different to sell something online than it's selling on the shelf in a shop. So you want to make sure that you have your branding on everything, that it looks like, you know, something pe- people would want to pick up in the store um, and know what it is. So if it's something like a craft kit, you have to make sure that it's explained on the outside of the box what's inside the box so people don't start Um, opening things too much and that's when things goes missing and so you have to think about that how it's going to look on the shelves and of course it has to meet all legal requirements as well because that is your responsibility that goes for any product that you put out there of course but um, yeah if you start with your product and your pricing I think that's a great start and then everything else can kind of come naturally after that when it comes to wholesale pricing is there a kind of magic number in terms of the kind of the discount you should be offering and does it vary between the big retailers and the small retailers um because I imagine this is something that people get really stuck on trying to work out how to price their products for wholesale yeah I think so because there's a lot of different there's so much advice floating around out there and a lot of the advice is US advice and, and you know, they their tax system work differently to us. So it's not necessarily the same. So we often say that a retailer would expect you, their wholesale price to be 50% of the XVAT recommended retail price, which is a bit of a handful. <laughs> The recommended retail price is what they sell it for in their shop. So, you know, what's the same that you would sell it for on your website, for example, or Etsy or not on the high street. And your retailers would most likely be VAT registered, which is why we say 50% of the XVAT price. You can, you probably heard that, you know, sometimes people talk about markup instead and 50% of the XVT price is a markup of 2.4. So you can get that price two different ways. Either you can take, say it was a product that retailed at £10, you can divide that by 1.2 to get the XVT price and then divide it in two. Or you can take the £10 and divide it by 2.4. Okay. And that is 
what the retailer would expect often, um, it seems a bit high when you first hear it and when you start first start to calculate things. But you have to remember that they have a lot of costs, of course, rents and staffing and fixtures and systems and um, rates and lots of things to take into account. So often that's what they need to do. It does vary a little bit from category to category. You know, um, magazines, for example, come with a lower margin requirement. Um, whereas something like mass-produced custom jewellery or clothing that are perhaps factory produced often comes with a slightly higher margin. Um, larger retailers also demand more often, but that could be volume-based. So if you start at the sort of markup of 2.4, then you are at least showing people that you are competitive often. Okay, so that was going to be a question. So that it would, you could expect it to vary, though, between bigger and smaller retailers. What about um, online retailers, so retailers that just have an online presence? Would you expect there to be a difference there? No, I would. I mean, I'm very much for having one pricing strategy yeah makes sense so having one price for everyone because online retailers even though they don't have the rent of the shop front they might have big staffing costs they might have rates they might also advertise a lot uh, which of course often helps you as well as a brand so I like one pricing strategy and then on a case-by-case basis, if, say, I don't know, um, Waterstones wanted your stationery and they said, we want to buy X amount, then maybe you can negotiate. But I, I think as a starting point, it's nice to have one set rule because then it's equal for everyone. I think we talk a lot about being ethical and sustainable and I think that is part of being ethical is being fair to all your stockers and giving them the same chance to compete with each other. Absolutely. And that does make sense. That makes sense as well for you to have one, yeah, to have one price and that you've worked out and and that you're happy and comfortable with, I guess, as well, because I suppose Mm. if, if you work out this out and you realize that actually it's not going to be profitable for you, perhaps due to production costs or your time, if you're making the products, then at least that's something you can, you can think about. Yeah, and equally, you know, if you don't have, you're not quite there yet, say you don't, you know you can get there with your margins because you know if you could get a little bit more volume, you can buy a little bit bigger more confidently because I don't actually advise to buy hundreds just to get your price down if you haven't, if you don't know you can sell them. So you know, then maybe you go after the slightly smaller retailers, whether they are brick and mortar, because even with independent retailers, there's obviously ones that are even small, you know, smaller than others. So maybe the ones that might not be VAT registered, for example, or online ones that are still very much a kitchen table operation. Maybe you go with them first because they might have more flexibility you know, you maybe you can offer them a little bit less of a margin. 
Yeah. So, so there's always ways to enter the market. I think it's just you have to adjust your goals and expectations accordingly. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So, how would you go about sort of um, finding retailers that might be appropriate for your products in the in the first instance? It's funny, like it's my Instagram post I was writing before we. Oh, really? <laughs> um, it's um, there's lots of ways. I think that the ease, you know, I'm very much for in the beginning. Don't make it too hard for yourself. We can make it too difficult at the beginning. Ask your audience if you already have an audience, say on Instagram, for example. Ask them like. Where do you shop? Where would you expect to see my stuff? Tag your favorite independent retailers. Um, and after that, I think it's good to go after, you know, your local community first. So we all have independence around us. I say all, depends on where you live. But I think we, uh, most of us will know at least a few independents, whether they are online or in brick and mortar form that we can maybe see our products in so contact them and then I think it's good to look at your competitors too and when I say competitors I say that kind of loosely because I don't want you to look at someone that does exactly the same thing as you but more someone that complements you so if you do home fragrance maybe someone that is in this you can still go after their retailers but offer something different so maybe look at someone that is doesn't use essential oils and then you can offer the retailers a, an alternative so you th- they would want to have both perhaps or um, something else that would work with it like nice candle trays or um, incense stick holders you know like something that would complement and sit within the same kind of shelving space look at where they are stocked a lot of people put their stockists on their website and um, that should give you a steer to people that maybe are after similar things to yours that makes total sense thank you because I guess that especially for smaller stores they may only want one type of candle or one type of moisturizer or whatever it is um because they have got limited shelf space and they probably don't want lots of competing products that makes total sense I mean with home fragrance being so big I think that most stores would want to have a couple or three even and they would probably go with a kind of good better and best sort of price where they will want to have if you know they want to offer it to different customers of theirs yeah um but any unless they have a big space they might not want so much more than that yeah absolutely I was, I was just thinking they probably don't want lots of products that are going to compete against each other necessarily do they no. so like for like products yeah like they wouldn't if they already have an essential oil candle at 25 pounds they wouldn't maybe want a different one that are the same in the similar kind of vessel but maybe your vessel is ceramics and they're in an amber jar maybe then it would be possible yeah that makes sense so I have my products in a few stores and they're all local stores to me um and I literally just took my products in and said can I speak to who's in charge and showed them and that's the way that I've sort of got my products stocked if that's great I did a feel 
really good really I mean it's a bit it's a bit scary um to sort of say this is mine and um do you want to sell it um but but good good to do and almost in a way easier to do in person because you get the instant feedback you can see by someone's face whether they're interested and that's been great um but I mean given that now shops aren't open or majority of shops aren't open and I guess also people might want to be thinking about bigger retailers what other methods would you suggest for sort of making that initial contact with I mean most most happens by email to be honest um it's a luxury to have able to find stores locally to you because then you have the local angle too, which is nice. But most of the time it happens by email. So, and that is the same with smaller retailers and large retailers. So I would definitely have a nicely crafted email template that you can then personalize for everyone that you email because it shouldn't be all copy and paste. But the essential information can be copy and paste. Perfect. And what kind of things would you need to have in that email? As in, would you be giving out pricing in that initial email? Would how much would you? Um, what yeah? What would you be saying in that initial email? What are the sort of key things to include? So I definitely think to make it personal is number one. So no, dear sir, madam, or whom it might concern, is not. It's often not that hard to find out the name of people. If you do do a little bit of research, they might have it in their about section on their website or on their social media or um, on Facebook or somewhere you can often find their name. So make it personal and then make it relevant. Ask questions. It's really about them and not so much about you. Uh, in a way and then I think it's really important to make it clear that you're selling something and what you do you don't have to give your whole life story or your whole brand story but the highlights that that particular retailer might care about so if you know they stock a lot of sustainable brands then of course maybe if you do the same if you make sustainable products you lead with that if you know that they are stocking a lot of made in the UK products and you make your stuff in the UK, then you lead with that. Um, so you make it personal and relevant that way. And then I think it's really important to talk, tell people what kind of pricing you have. So not necessarily that you have to put all your wholesale prices in the body of the email, but at least give your kind of uh, your recommended retail range. So say you do greeting cards and they retail between three and three seventy five. I think put that in the body of the email somewhere because retailers will have a really specific pricing architecture in their stores. So they would want to know quickly if you can fit in. I would embed images because most of us are visual, especially creative people. Um, and then I like to link to my catalog or line sheet or whatever you have in terms of sales material so that it doesn't go into the spam and they can still open that email and see all your relevant information, including how to order. Because 
basically you want them that email to include everything they would want to know to make a decision even if that first email is not going to always be the decision making email um you want them to have the opportunity should they wish to yeah that's really helpful thank you no worries (laughs) i talk about it a lot (laughs) No, this well, this is good because you're answering all the questions that I, that I think people are going to have initially. And of course, um, afterwards, we'll give them links to where they can come and follow you if they want to go into this in a bit more depth. Um, so we meant you mentioned earlier that um, it, it that wholesale is an option for handmade businesses and creative businesses. But it'd be good to know, are there any differences? So if you're hand making your products, is there anything different you need to be aware of or take into account if you're looking to wholesale? Um, be very clear like communicate your lead times really clearly and make sure that if you are getting overwhelmed with orders that you give them you know you don't try to put so much pressure on yourself and them and give them two week lead time and you think that is cutting it really fine because they will do their planning accordingly to what you say it's okay for it to take four weeks if it takes four weeks or if it takes longer than that that's what they will plan to it's hard if you they think they're going to get in you know next week and you deliver a month later that makes a big difference so I think communicate what they can expect from you really clearly that doesn't mean that you have to give your worst case scenario either but um I know a lot of people says, well, if I have to reorder, it's going to take three months. But chances that they will order so much volume that you have to reorder is probably slim. So, so you know, you, you can give a slightly better one. And then you can say um, a disclaimer that for any large order, this may be longer sort of thing. So clear communication, I think, is number one. Um, it, I mean, it's good for trust too. Yes, absolutely. I think I think a lot of what I'm getting from you is that if you can be clear and upfront and fair with the entire process, that will really help. Yeah, and you will become their like favorite supplier in no time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so you've given us lots of information on how to get started and things to think about is there anything to be aware of are there any sort of common mistakes you see or any pitfalls we need to look out for I think the thing that has come up lately is probably that you need to take care of your existing stockists just as much as you go after new business it's much easier to get your existing stockist to buy into new products to order maybe one time extra a year, which can change your turnover and grow it, and then keep getting new customers. So even if you have a new and shiny and exciting stockist, don't forget about the ones that have supported you in the past. Um, they're going to be much easier to grow and much more loyal to you if you keep in touch with them. So I think it's really easy to forget yeah well thank you because that's again that's excellent advice and yeah so I think a lot of it is about relationships isn't it and just being kind and fair and talking to people it is and you know they I mean that's how it's going to be fun too for everyone 
yeah because yeah because I guess what you know the aim of, of wholesale as well as growing your business is also to build relationships as well absolutely yeah I mean that's I mean that's how you get the most of your retailers too by getting them involved you might they might if you get to know them they might say to you oh you should do this in a pink version because actually at the moment I'm doing this from this other brand and that's selling really well or whatever pattern it might be or you know they can give you a lot of insight yeah thank you um so let's talk a little bit about about your services what you do and how you can help people wanting to start retail so I mentioned your podcast earlier which I've um which I've been listening to so should we should we start there and then move on to some of the other things you offer yeah so the podcast is on a little break at the moment but um I've done four seasons so far (laughs) so it's called let's talk uh yeah it's (laughs) it's called let's talk shop and I speak with industry experts or shopkeepers buyers um brand owners basically all about wholesale sometimes I cover different topics around business um but in general anything that can help you grow your business and um it's very conversational like this <laughs> and uh, yeah I love it it's it the whole idea came about because I wanted to bridge that gap between buyers and sellers because it's almost like we're in two teams sometimes but actually we should be in one team you know we shouldn't be scared to contact people even though it is kind of scary, I agree. <laughs> but, you know, when you when you do something new, it's always a little bit scary. But, you know, most shop owners and buyers are in that position because they love products and they like finding new things. And that is their whole job. So we shouldn't be in two teams. So that's kind of the podcast, why I started it. And then it's kind of evolved from there to be a bit more all business stuff well it's a great list and I will link to it in the show notes so wherever you're listening to this episode you'll be able to find it easily and um, what are some of the other ways that you can help people if they're wanting to start with wholesale so I have a few courses that I run regularly I have one called start to wholesale which probably when this goes out will be live as in we will be middle way through it and that's exactly what it says on the tin it's literally taking you through the steps to get started like your pricing and your sales material and and your products and then I have a call course called um, let's talk sales which is kind of a follow-up you obviously don't have to do either or the other but it's sort of all about selling so about how you organize yourself how you're finding the time to make time for yourselves and how you can shift your mindset if it's something that perhaps you're not very comfortable with or if you are have lost a bit of mojo and you need a bit of accountability and a more strategic way of doing it that covers that and then I work one-to-one with clients too so I work mainly on three and six months mentoring um but I do also offer one-off calls and they are available on my website and every month I kind of look at my calendar and see how many I can fit in it's probably usually around four or six so yeah 
that's the different ways I think <laughs> perfect and thank you and I'll link through to your website on show notes again and so that everyone can go and take a look if they are interested in working with you um so thank you for all you've shared today I have one final question if that's all right yeah which is what would your number one piece of advice be for someone wanting to start wholesale so I did write this down <laughs> that's okay um I would say not everything has to be perfect. I think one of my favorite quotes is done is better than perfect. I think mine too. Carol Sandberg. (laughs) I refer to it all the time, at least like I quote it at least twice a week, (laughs) but it is very much something to remember when it comes to your wholesale. I think, yes, you have to have a good product. Yes. You need to have some sort of sales material. Of course, you need to make sure that you you make money. But I see clients getting stuck with creating the perfect, most beautiful catalog or getting stuck with like making list after list of what kind of retailers they dream of being stocked in before they feel uh, that they can contact people. Or they think they have to have numbers of years experience or X numbers of sales to be able to wholesale. And I think trying to go for that perfection, it it's, can hold us back a lot of times. Yeah, that's great advice. Thank you. And um, yeah, that's another quote that I'm really keen on. And I guess as well that building on what you've said, that once you get out there and you and you approach retailers, I guess you'll also get feedback that will help you to improve what you do, whether that's your catalogue, whether it's your pricing, whether, you know, whatever it is. So I guess there's yeah. a lot to be said for just putting yourself out there. Yeah, even packaging, you know, you might get into a few smaller retailers and they might be able to give you advice on how you would display better or how it would be packaged in a way that works for them better I'm assuming and I'm sorry because this isn't I did say that was the last question but I've just thought (laughs) Um, I'm assuming that if you go to a retailer and they say no thank you or perhaps they don't even respond and then on the back of that you you maybe make some changes whether it's to your packaging whether it's to your pricing um Mm. uh, can you then go back to them and say you know I've I've made this change Are are you interested now yeah, of course. I I think that happens quite a lot in general. You know, people perhaps not putting their wholesale prices with margins that work for retailers, for example, and then they listen to one of the workshops I've done or maybe work one-to-one with me or something, and we adjust their pricing and they go back and they actually get stocked somewhere because they are now have an offering that they can buy into and have confidence behind well that's that's useful thank you so it's good to know that no might actually just be not now it might yeah. not be a, and also a, it doesn't actually have to have anything to do with your products either or price it could just be that they had two weekends that has been really slow so they don't have the budget but when you contact them a month later they had an amazing two weekends and they have lots of budget and they need to spend it so it can be lots of different reasons and don't feel like it ha- means that they don't like your products See, that's a really good advice as well I really like that the fact that it's not personal so thank you for sharing that too because you're right of course it might have absolutely nothing to do with you the reason that they're not choosing to stock your products at the moment yeah, 
And often it's like that thing we talked about before, you know, that they had something really similar and they want to be loyal to that supplier. And you might not know that, especially now when we can't visit their shops and you can't know what they have coming in anyway. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, there might be someone that actually needs to hear that. So thank you. I think that's a really nice thing for people to hear because I think especially if you've created your own product, it it can be a bit personal if someone doesn't like it or, yeah, Mm -hmm. because you're quite invested in it. So I can can see that, you know, people could feel quite hurt by that. And I think, you know, I'm sure I have in, in the past. I haven't sort of done anything along these lines for a long time, but back when I was trying to get, stocked in retailers you did you can take a no as like a bit of a, a blow so I think mm. that's, that's really something really nice for people to just hold on to that it might be nothing to do with you or your product it could be something completely external to you that you may never even know about you might never yeah the chances are that they're not gonna say you know of course so so just assume if they're not going to get back to you, then assume that they loved your stuff, but it wasn't right for right now. Instead of assuming the worst. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's an excellent note to end on. So thank you so much for everything that you've shared today and for, for all of yeah, for your time and for sharing all of your knowledge and yeah, for bringing a bit of positivity to this. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. It was really kind of you. It's always nice to come and have a chat and also hear like how you know what things are important to you and how you see it especially since you are how you do supply shops it's always nice to have a chat oh thank you so much thank you hi thank you so much for listening as always i would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode please do remember to rate and view the show and also most importantly subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and as a reminder i release a new episode every single friday so take care and look forward to speaking to you again then if you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.